Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Smart Cities Chronicles podcast. Uh, my name is Adam Beck, your host of the Chronicles. Uh, I also moonlight. My day job is Executive Director of the Smart Cities Council here in the Australia and New Zealand region. Um, welcome to another episode in our Prop Tech project series of interviews uh, and joining me for this um uh this session is uh is, is kylie davis kylie how are you hi adam i'm well thanks how are you i am uh i'm good delighted to have you join us um now i would have normally said kylie davis from whatever in my introduction but your your bio is quite extensive in terms of the many active sort of um uh, initiatives and positions that you've got going. So I'm going to leave it up to you to share with our listeners who you are and what you do. Yeah, if I was a Facebook status, it would be it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would have you, you would have exceeded the word count. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I have a, I have a portfolio career at the moment, um, which I'm loving. So I am the co-founder of a prop tech called Homeprezzo. Um, I have my own prop tech called Real Content, which um, consults to the real estate industry on content marketing. And I also, as part of that, I also work with the Real Estate Institute of New South Wales uh, looking at prop tech and where the institute um, is in, can and should be involved in that space. So I look after policy and prop tech for REI New South Wales. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Um, thank you for that. So let's, let's kind of just check in on sort of your prop tech journey for a moment and also help me or help our listeners by giving a sense of sort of how old or new or young this, this um, sort of agenda is. So tell us where your journey started. When, when did it start? Uh, and maybe a little bit about the, the why and, and sort of, you know, the, the, the passion that you have in this space. So before I joined the, the real estate industry proper, I had a 25-year career as a journalist uh, and um, editor in media. And I was, a, um, I was a, a senior editor at both Fairfax and News and I was responsible for trying to um, bring those businesses into the new age and getting them away from, you know, and sort of trying to work away from disruption. So the, the, imp the impact that disruption has on an industry is sort of something close to my heart. I've experienced it firsthand. Um, and when I, I left media uh, about five years ago to join CoreLogic RP Data because I kind of felt there was a better career in, in big data than there was in media at the time. And, and that was probably where my prop tech journey started my role at CoreLogic was in trying to make sense of the data sets that we had and to understand who our clients were and how they were interacting with us. And so I worked in both solutions and marketing. And as part of that, it was around understanding that the most innovative of our customers at CoreLogic were those who had a really good attitude to technology and who kind of understood even if they couldn't understand it completely, were prepared to give things a go. And, um, and as part of that, we, my kind of publishing and, um, and data uh, worlds kind of collided when we saw that CoreLogic had this amazing ability to turn its data into content. And so I started working with Nathan Krasansky, who was also a consultant at, at CoreLogic, um, building a, prod, a prototype out called um, Journobot. 
Okay, so we, we've got um, we've got you sort of transitioning out of that that role at CoreLogic, you know, sort of midish twenty eighteen. So it's been a um, it's then been a, a, a supersonic journey in in sort of your uh, your home preso uh, business, um, real content where you're the CEO, and and of course now working within the industry with the uh, Real Estate Institute uh, of New South Wales. So um, I imagine it's been a, a, a very rapid journey. Can you, can you sort of, um, you know, just step back and pause for a moment and um, I'm going to hit you with sort of the, the definition question or how you interpret this prop tech thing. What, what is it in your mind, prop tech? What is it? Um, and, and, and sort of your interpretations of, of its purpose and, and, and sort of where it's trying to go. So I think PropTech is is this um, influx and escalation of investment and in the innovation around how we do business in the property services industry. So I think for me, PropTech is more of a spectrum. So it's not just in innovation around residential real estate or commercial real estate. It's, um, it's you know, there's there's a it's a spectrum of things all the way from, you know, building and, and, and building management through to, you know, building sales through to building finance through to, you know, how we actually build things. So it's a, it's a quite a long spectrum that involves anything innovation around anything that is a pain point in how we build, manage, sell, lease, um, knock down, rebuild, um, transact property. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's, Sorry, it, that's a very broad definition. It, no, it, 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 it's, it's, it, it is a huge life cycle, uh, life cycle, isn't it? I um, uh, so okay. Let me throw another word. At, thank you for that. Let me throw another word at you, and I just want to sort of see your reaction. Um, so real tech. Oh, look! I think I think you start to get into semantics around that. I think if you see it as a, if you see it as a. Well, real estate tech, prop tech. Um, I mean, you know, there's con tech, which is construction tech, which I think is a terrible name. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> as if, you know, dodgy builders weren't bad enough. Um, yes. But I think if we kind of look at it along, you know, if prop tech is the umbrella term that is used to cover, you know, six or seven streams of different kinds of technology affecting different sectors of the industry, Um they all they, a lot of them overlap, and and that's perfectly okay. But but what we're seeing is, you know, you look at how we order a, a taxi or a car, you know, an Uber or order food now, and it's done in seconds on your mobile phone. Uh, you look at how we can sign documents quickly. You look at all of these things. Um, you know how we can post photos, facial recognition on photos, all of that stuff that's starting to happen in our day to day lives really really quickly, and painlessly in lots of in lots of ways and then you try to buy or build or manage a property and it's like 1985 called and they want their process back everything yes, comes yes. down to handing pieces of paper over to people and ringing them and waiting for them to get back to you and um, chasing and you know lack of transparency and lack of flow and lack of process and that's 
that is regardless of whether it's building, regardless of whether it's strata, regardless of whether it's property management, regardless of whether it's a it's selling or buying a property, it is an infinitely painful process that's made even more painful today by the fact that other things are getting easier and easier. So for me, prop tech is is any is the innovation that's happening now thanks to kind of cloud technology, you know, the bigger data stacks that we're working off, data stacks, sorry. And um and all of the, you know, all of these, you know, perfect storm of innovation that is now making it infinitely easier for us to solve those problems than it was five years ago and certainly 10 years ago. Um, so, yeah, so the definition isn't as important as what the outcome is. Yeah, I, I kind of like how you eloquently sort of put that. Um, so here's sort of my follow-up question that's kind of straight to the point which is 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 prop tech just a startup agenda oh i don't think so um i i don't i I, and if it was so what um i think uh i think there's you know there's there's been real estate's always been a really innovative profession I think uh, or sorry, um, industry in that you know real estate agents were amongst the first who grabbed hold of mobile phones and um, and fax machines and you know and all of this sort of and databases they're, they're one of the the industries that have sort of embraced a lot of that technology quite quickly and I think our legacy our suppliers in the space have um, and and there's a lot of quite innovative suppliers in the real estate space. Um, you know, Arpidata was um, called who became CoreLogic, um, RockEnd, um, PriceFinder. There's an uh, and even RealEstate.com is now 14, 15 years old. So there's a lot of businesses that have been in the space and innovating for a long time, but they were always doing it off legacy technology. And I think. Where it's changed now is the the fact that cloud-based computing has made it easier for, for people to do stuff more quickly and to innovate more quickly and if, um, and to put their ideas out there and, you know, get workable prototypes that can then start to scale more quickly as well. So where that's different to the um, the traditional suppliers, supply, um, our traditional suppliers have suddenly got sort of caught up in a bit of a, you know, a, a tech debt and, and have got legacy platforms that they're trying desperately to move over while there's kind of all these little, um, they're bigger boats to turn around while all these little sort of, you know, uh, jet skis are whizzing around trying all these new things and seeing what works. You know, it's interesting you say that, um, that there's that there's times when, I feel that the property sector, um, you know, is the sort of two speeds, you know, there's the most archaic of analog processes that are still very much sort of hanging around yet. um, Some of the most mind blowing um, uh, sort of innovations that, that are, that are sort of sprouting up every day. Just just last week I was in in San Diego and um, I was sort of chatting with a, uh, and you know that they, they don't sort of characterise themselves as a as a startup at all. They're a, you know a well established company that have been around for quite some time, but they've set up a new little um, a new little sort of d- department um, within their organisation. Um, and it's they're about to release a product which is around um, artificial intelligence and uh, HVAC systems. You know, air conditioning and cooling and ventilation. Uh, and it's the most. It's just the most you know, mind blowing sort of intersection of, of, of big data and AI and, 
you know, this sort of, this, this decade old, you know, multiple decade old sort of industry around um, air conditioning, <laughs> you know, yeah. so it, it, it's, it sort of does your head in sometimes how, um, uh, well, you know, from an, ex, you know, it's exciting, of course, that's what I meant, but um, it, it's incredible how there's, there's still these, these sort of really different speeds going on within, within the property sector. Well, and I think that's always going to be the case. And I think it's not just the property sector. So, you know, I think as human beings, um, we all have this reluctance or anxiety around um, change or adopting to new behaviours. And and so I think there's always, you know, that bell curve of people who are going to, you know, embrace stuff really quickly, people who are going to kind of think about it and maybe go with version two or three and then the and then everyone else kind of comes up from behind so um so i don't think i think the prop i think prop tech or the property industries um re, not refusal but kind of thoughtfulness around what it embraces or how quickly it embraces different elements is is both normal and often wise. I mean, not every idea that everyone has is always gonna is always going to fly. And I think one of the key um, missing pieces in the prop tech space at the moment is this sense of um, of tribe. Um, you know, there's a lot of innovation going on in a lot of different sectors, and it's kind of really diverse and it's scattered and it's uh, it's not we. There were efforts to bring for, uh, by some some of us to try to start to bring people together, but there's a lot of stuff going on all over the place um, in isolation, and so um, it's hard to know as a real estate agent or as a building manager or as a strata manager what you should go for when everything's kind of everywhere. Um, and as an innovator too, it's hard to know whether you're building something that's either necessary, needed, or or, or actually going to fly. I um I wanted to get your views right now on more broadly stepping back, you know, prop tech and where it's at. You know, what what you're seeing as the key trends. You know, what are those greatest hits of prop tech that you're sort of keeping an eye on? You're you're noticing, you're engaging with. What 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 are the the, the hot topics, the key trends right now in prop tech from your perspective? Well, I think the biggest one is um, AI and 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 automation, um, and I think that's particularly valid in the real estate space because, um, as Sarah Bell from uh, Get Air explains, a, a robot is really you know automation plus AI plus a data set equals a robot. So so to me, um, AI and automation is letting us do an awful lot more stuff more quickly, more consistently and to a higher standard. And AI is actually the the tipping point where we're going to be able to get rid of a lot of the busy work that happens inside real estate offices, whether they're commercial or residential, um, and start to be able to focus more on our relationships because the you know the the data entry or, or the responding to queries uh, basic queries um you know the po- you know the, the posting of information or the sharing of information a lot of that stuff's going to be able to be automated and running things against your database to find out do we know this person how quickly do i have to respond to them or can i you know what do i need to provide to them to make them happy um that's going to be a lot more automated and, and we're going to get to that point in 
in real estate in a lot of parts in our lives where for a really long time I feel like the the promise of technology hasn't delivered to us as a as a um as a society like we've been told that you know tech was going to make our lives easier it was going to free us up it was going to give us more leisure time and in fact for everything it's given us it's required us to do another 10 15 things 24 7 kind of you know we become slave to our devices but I think AI is where it's going to start to, we're going to actually start to hand back things. The next, yeah, sorry. Well, I was going to sort of ask you, so if you were to pull out your crystal ball and look forward a little bit now, you know, what's on the horizon, what's next for prop tech, um, what would your response be? Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more innovation around AI. I think we're going to see... Um, a lot more plug and play platforms. So I think uh, some of the bigger suppliers are gonna go down the route of re recognizing and realizing that they can't develop everything themselves in-house. And so they're looking at ways that they can take the best ideas that they see add value to what they're doing and how to like jigsaw puzzle them, you know, click them, click them in, um, you know, through, through API and um, data sharing. Um, I, I think we're going to see in the real estate space or in property, we have so much data that is so underutilised. So platforms or products that kind of are, are, are mining that data and extracting more value out of it for, for our businesses um, and allowing us to, and, and as a result of that, creating better relationships. So in real estate over the last five years, I don't think any agent would disagree with me when I say like the, the workload has just become phenomenally busy because, um, you know, clients expect you to get back to them immediately um, regardless of what time it is. You know, the, the, the volume of work that you have to do while at the same time staying on top of everything and completely ahead of the curve is, um, is really quite difficult. To, for a single person to do and so it's, we're becoming more team-based as a as an industry and I think where we're where we're what we're seeing is the technology that's both enabling and supporting that behavior so that we can get back to what we're really good at which is adding value through really strong relationships yeah. so part of this prop tech project um, is 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 sort of trying to dig into um, the idea of prop tech for purpose. And, and let me sort of um, set, set the scene or, or sort of cue this next question up. Um, you know, I've been working in, in property for over 20 years and, and predominantly, you know, my bent has been around sustainability, the environmental impact of property and urban development. Um, you know, in addition to that, you know, the, the impact on, on social issues and, and so on and so forth. So um, our property sector, our real estate sector, um, buildings alone, um, you know, play a really big part of our lives. You know, we spend most of our waking day and, and you know, sleeping night in a building. Um, our buildings are one of the sort of largest consumers of energy and therefore greenhouse gas emissions. Um, our cities are growing. We're rapidly urbanising. That's not unique to Australia. That's, that's certainly a global uh, phenomenon. Um, so our cities are getting bigger and they're growing. Um, housing affordability is a key issue in a lot of um, 
a lot of lot of cities in in most regions of the world. So, so, so property and buildings, you know, touch on everyone's day. You know, um, they're an important part of our lives. They're also a, a large, you know, contributors to sort of some wicked problems that we've got. So this idea of prop tip for purpose is is something we're, we're trying to explore. Um, what what are your views on the prop tech sector and how attuned or not it might be to being laser focused on trying to solve some of these, you know, environmental and social issues that our cities are kind of grappling with? What, what, what are your views on, on that idea of prop tech for purpose? And, you know, are we, are we sort of, are we in a good place? Are there some gaps? Is there, is there certainly some, some more focus we could take or you're, you're really buoyed by the real meaningful kind of outcomes that are coming through prop tech. What, what can you sort of share with our listeners on, on that idea of prop tech for purpose? Well, I think, um, I think the best innovation and technology is the technology that allows us to be more human and, and when I say that, I mean, what does being more human mean? It means that we have time, more time for each other. We have more time to connect. We have um, a lighter, you know, touch on the, on the planet. We're able to fulfil our ambitions and dreams um, through using technology in a way that um, feels lighter and is easier, easier to do. Um, so what I see in the prop tech space that is happening around that space so most of the prop tech that's been coming through to date and that has done very well in terms of funding and um, scaling has been prop tech that has been targeted at, at, at solving real estate agent problems at the moment what we're seeing though in a sort of second and third wave coming through are, um, are the platform are these is this next wave of AI and big data and and data-based solutions that are going to start to be the glue that holds all these other bits and pieces together and allow them to contribute to a you know to a greater net you know a more a, a bigger network effect. So so today I think most of the technology has been on oh there's a problem I can I can probably fix that and make that a mark you know a viable market solution but no real estate agent ever um, and I imagine no builder or none of us ever sort of wake up in the morning and think oh my gosh what is the next platform I can log into I, you know I really want to remember another password or I really want to you know, <laughs> <laughs> please yeah. let me down, I want to download more apps there's just not enough apps in my life none of us actually think that we're actually looking for ways to like streamline downsize make all of that stuff simpler for us so I see what a lot of the um, quite powerful technology uh, and innovation coming through is the is that sort of foundational um, technology or the or the platforms that are pulling all of these things together and then creating a network effect of how they all start to function together and that is really exciting because it means that it means that artificial brains are starting to do the heavy lifting of understanding how the information flows from one section to the next and, so, and that the information's available to the next section. And that means in terms of... Um, in terms of process at work, it means that sort of processes become more fluid and easier and the information is where you want it at the time you want it and you can find it. And inside our buildings, it means that, you know... Um, 
I, when I walk into a room, it understands that I want the room cooler than if I'm in there in myself, I'm going to want the room cooler than my husband, you know, because of our personal preferences. It means that um, if I've gone away on holiday and forgotten to turn off the, the air conditioning, that the, machine, the, the the house will turn itself off, which, you know, can start to save enormous amounts of, or electricity off, which will save enormous amounts of money and um, energy use and therefore carbon footprint and things like that. So we are seeing it starting to come through now, but I think it's probably another three to five years before it's all really, you know, normalised. Um, I, I can't help but think that, I mean, PropTech's here to stay and, um, you know, my, my passion, which is sort of sustainable built environment, um, I, I, I hope that, that it only sort of continues to thrive um just in the context of sort of uh, you know a federal election which is which is sort of you know we're, we're, in, we're in the in the lead up right now in australia um in in thinking about nationally how we can harness through sort of policy and and programs and funding from, from government um you know i i sort of asked myself the question you know what um what could we do nationally within government to sort of really accelerate and unleash uh, sort of the prop tech sector kylie have, have there been any any sort of discussions out there in the prop tech world around I don't, know, I don't know what the word is, whether it's sort of more formalising or, or having sort of national, nationally clear action plans around it. I suppose I'm sort of asking the policy question here. You know, I, I know that, that the startup world has, has, has certainly, you know, taken PropTech and it's, it's, it's sort of, you know, really going forward and building momentum. But do you feel that there's a role... Um, and I suppose I'm pointing to to your role, you know, with the with the real estate institute. Do you think there's a policy role here to further accelerate and unleash the opportunity with prop tech for for the nation? Um, well, I certainly do. I think it's incumbent upon um, bodies like the real estate institute and and you know traditional organisations to keep up to date with technology and the innovation that's coming through the pipe and to understand both how that impacts their members and to work out a way that um, that we can help and support members to adopt technology when it's best practice and um, and to also start to work on uh, legislation which may block or prevent technology being, you know, utilised to its best um, best effect, while at the same time protecting, you know, consumers and users of it. So, so I think all all of you know all all our traditional bodies now have a role to work out what what the new influences are that are going to affect them, and and to start to think about um, policy decisions and and lobbying requirements in that space. PropTech has only been really around as a thing since like 2012 and, and, uh, and you know, when it sort of really first started. We know here in Australia that it's escalating four times faster than FinTech did at, at the same age, but we are still very new and nascent and, and so finding out sort of who's who in the zoo, um, creating a tribe of people that, um, to make up 
you know, prop tech in Australia and, and, and bringing everyone together is, I think, some of the first things that we need to do so that we can then start to um, exert some muscle. Um, but I think at the moment the, that initi those initiatives around sustainability and, um, and innovation and, ado and adoption are being um, driven, if driven is the right word, by, by real estate institutes or um, um, other traditional bodies. Mm, interesting. I, um, I, I kind of... Um I kind of agree agree with you there. I I, I wonder. Um, Still early days. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's right. I, um, I I sort of wonder now what the role of um, the big the big property companies are for a moment. I mean, if we can if we can sort of talk about that. Um, They're pretty proactive in the space. Um, the big commercial end of town. Um, you know, Dexa and CBRE and um, Savills, all those guys are pretty engaged in, in prop tech and are working on their own accelerators um, or working on, you know, funding models that, that they can be involved in. There's a lot of stuff going... I mean, they have an, a vested interest in it too in that, you know, that kind of shared collaborative workspace is a really... <laughs> it's a really good money spinner for them. Like it's the way, it's the way of, um, it's the way tenancy is sort of going generally. So, um, but where we, where I think there's a, it breaks off is that we know kind of historically that privately funded acceleration usually is not as successful as kind of more group or, um, um, you know, generally funded where we're kind of just, there's no vested interest in trying to commercialise as quickly as possible. It's really about letting the technology kind of evolve to its and, and, and become the best thing that it can be and then commercialise. Um, so, so there's a lot of work going on in that commercial end of town and, and they're well positioned to fund it very quickly or, and get behind it. Um, in the residential space, it's probably it's not as um, structured or formal, formalised, but it's coming off a much broader client base, so it's it sort of takes a slightly different form uh, in how it rolls out uh, in in the in the residential space. I was going to ask you about the residential space. Um, you know, I, I've sort of dealt with on the periphery. Um, uh, you know, residential, you know, housing developers. Um, I, I did a lot of work in master planning communities um, in greenfield sites. You know, it, it's a it's a tough one as well, given that you know at times that the, the home builders' kind of goal in life is to build the next you know house twenty five percent cheaper than the the, the previous one they built. Um, you know, there's a whole heap of drivers behind that, of course, but um, the green building movement certainly has had significant influence and impact uh, on the commercial sector and uh, institutional and public buildings, uh, university uh, buildings and campuses. The, the sort of, you know, the house builders are are a tough sort of audience, aren't they, in terms of, Disruption. You still see utes on sites, and you know dockets and invoices and receipts sitting on the sitting on the dashboard. What what sort of glimmers of hope are you seeing in sort of that home building sector around prop tech and sort of disruption 
through the use of technology and data solutions? Well, I think I think the I think the home builders will start to I think the home builders and the and those pushing for more environmental building techniques will start to come together when the home builders realise that technology does let them build stuff twenty five percent cheaper, not because um, not because it's twenty five percent nastier than it was you know the last time it was built, but because the majority of savings you can make are in this lost time and handoff, mm. and and in fact that we can afford to build. Um, we can afford to build more ergonomic, uh, sorry, you know, environmentally friendly, um, more sustainable properties if we stop thinking that we always have to do it a certain way, and in fact, um, and in fact, start to claim back a lot of the lost time that goes on just because of poor process inside um, building in, inside the building industry. Now, at the big end of town, that they, you know, they have more structured and streamlined processes in place but I know as a small home builder we had a renovation done a couple of years ago it took nine months to literally build an extra oh, 10 square meters uh, uh, well it was the world's smallest world's most expensive and the world's longest <laughs> renovation. Um, it took nine months because that's how long it does take to do that kind of work if you're only going to have someone on site for f- you know five or six hours three days a week mm. And you're not listening to your property owners who are saying there's an issue, you know, we need to pull the floor up now and have a look at what the timber is and we need to get that ordered now because we think there's going to be, we think from memory of another building work we did a couple of months ago that, or, you know, a couple of years ago that that's not going to go, you know, we, we can't, you know, oh, but, and then, no, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. We need to, <laughs> I'll yeah. get off my high horse. But, you know, there's a lot of... Um, the inefficiency through dropped balls because you rely on a human being to either write a note or connect or make a connection or um, put an order in is is a lot of the expense that is part of our building process in Australia. And another part of the expense of our building process in Australia is the legislation that sits around, you know, requiring of filling in of forms and submitting of, of paperwork. And the faster we can automate those sorts of things, the faster we'll start to bring the, the costs and the turnaround time down, which will then give us that time back to start to experiment more on how and what we're building. So, so I know you've highlighted this, Kylie, you know, multiple times now in, in this conversation around getting that time back. Um, is is that the biggest opportunity or slash problem to solve? Like w- w- if you were to step back and look at it, look more broadly, you know, at the property sector, what is the biggest opportunity with prop tech? Well, I think it depends which sector you're in. I think, um, well, look, I mean, time is money and um, money is resource. Mm. And, and it's how we account for it that determines um, how important it is. Um, so for me, in the residential real estate space, um, there, are, there are estimates already that say that between 25 to 45% of a, 25% of a standard real estate agent's job could be automated like right using technology that's available right now mm-hmm. in property management, that's even higher. It goes up to about 45% of a property. Wow. Management work. Um, I've got, um, a, a, you know, in strata, it must be pretty similar because 
you know, bloody hell, but strata is an inefficient process as well. So um, if anyone who's had any dealings with the strata committee mm. will know that. Mm. So if you can start to take that time out, you know, that's just wasted time that uh, that is um, or time that is spent doing tasks that uh, can now be done by machines or done by um, done more efficiently in other ways then why wouldn't we give ourselves that time back? Because that would then either let us, give us a bit more time to start thinking creatively about things or start having conversations with each other and and um, and connecting as people again or start solving problems in new and different ways so that we can keep the, you know, the virtuous circle going on. We, no, nobody turns up to work every day so that they can run around like a, you know, like a headless chook. Yeah. But I think a lot of that that goes on inside both the real estate and um, and the building industry. So my second part of that question, Kylie, is is then, you know, what's the biggest gap that we're not filling? You know, what what needs to be addressed fundamentally that um, we're not really addressing at the moment when it comes to sort of transformation and disruption in the property sector. Where, where are the biggest gaps? Where, where, where is where is where is, is PropTech? Not, not I think if I could solve up. this, I'd be a millionaire just to, <laughs> just to be able to answer that question in its own. Um, I think. Look, where are the biggest gaps in the building industry? I think it's end-to-end processing. Mm-hmm. Um, as in, you know, from the day I conceive the idea to build something through to the how to the day I kind of turn the key in the door. Mm. What does that? What does that look like? How you know? How can that be one seamless, fluid, beautiful, easy process? To me, the gaps are anything. You know, nobody at the moment wakes up in the morning and says, um, or nobody at the moment thinks about realist buying or selling a home, or building a property, or renovating a property, and thinks that will be an amazing experience. I cannot wait. I mean, you might think that yeah. at the very beginning of building your dream home, but that will be quickly smashed out of you <laughs> <laughs> after about your, you know, sixth morning of or sixth week of waiting for your builder to turn up and them not showing, um, or you know, the the 59th tradie that said that they were going to turn up to give you a quote and then didn't show. The Nobody, you know, these are not amazing experiences. They should be because they are fundamentally important to us as human beings. You know, the, the need for shelter and the need for security around that shelter and how that shelter come, you know, how we how it comes into our lives, how we pay for it, how we find it, how we choose it, uh, how we buy it and sell it. These things should be, these things are landmark moments in our lives that should be amazing and should be major celebrations, but in fact, they're major stress points that become major, you know, stories to tell at dinner parties about, you know, where you can share horror stories instead. And I, so for me, it's all around how do we stop that? How do we get to this point in time where we're actually buying, selling, building a, a home or building a, a, a property is actually an amazing experience and everyone's excited and motivated by it? So last question, Kylie, let's stick with the idea of excitement. (laughs) Um, Just getting a little bit personal now, what what, what are you really looking forward to in in 2019? What's exciting you? 
Oh, just looking at, just watching how the AI is starting to play out in residential real estate is, I find, absolutely fascinating. Um, watching the change, slow but sure, in real estate agents around this kind of dawning awareness that actually, look, it's not about telling you to push another button or install another program or download another app. It's actually about working out what you want to do as an agent to deliver an amazing experience for your buyers or sellers or your tenants or your landlords. So how do we make this connection between what the technology can do and the service and the relationships that we want to have as an industry to, to both improve our services and make and cement ourselves as essential as part of the real estate transaction? Because we all know that with technology, you know, you can do everything yourself. But a transaction like real estate that is, you know, very infrequent, very high cost, very high risk, if you get it wrong, you want a human being there to help you out and you want that human being to be absolutely on their A game and to have all the tools and um, things that they need at their disposal to be able to give you the best service, not to be running around trying to, you know, manage all their tech. So to me, the, the, the most exciting thing on the horizon is around how do we is, is watching this kind of dawning awareness that, oh, if we get this right, if we, if we have good structures and processes in place as leaders of our businesses, then actually the technology makes sense. Sorry. Kylie, I, um, I, I share that sort of excitement and, and vision with you. Um, this has been a, a fantastic conversation and a really important sort of input and contributor to um, this series of interviews that we are doing around uh, around PropTech. Uh, it's been a delight having you on the Smart Cities Chronicles podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. No worries. Thanks so much, Adam. Um, so that was... Uh, that was uh, Kylie, uh, Kylie Davis, uh, who has uh, a whole range of roles. She's head of policy at the Real Estate Institute of New South Wales, CEO of a couple of startups, Real Content, also co-founder at Home Prezzo, uh, contributing further to our uh, ongoing series uh, around prop tech and what it means and where it's going and all good things prop tech. For our listeners who aren't subscribing to the Smart Cities Chronicles, you can do so. Those usual platforms of SoundCloud and Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can also head to our website, smartcitieschronicles.com. Uh, we also love to get feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Our email is chronicles at anz.smartcitiescouncil.com. Uh, but for now, we uh, we leave you with uh, this latest instalment of the PropTech project. Uh, we hope you have a great week uh, and keep well. <laughs>